everyone. It is so great to be with you today, and I want to welcome everybody at the beginning of this series here at our Kernersville location, everybody at our Oak Ridge location, and all of you that are joining us online from wherever you're watching. This is going to be a great series, something I think all of us need. I, I hope that your 2023 is off to a rip-roaring start. I hope that you're making progress. I hope that things are moving right along, trucking right along for your faith journey and in other areas, but especially your faith journey. I mean, maybe this was the year that you decided, man, I'm going to get serious. That's why I'm, I'm going to go to church. That's why you're here. You're joining us online first to make sure we're not as weird as you think we might be. That's cool. And, and so I, I get it. And that's, that's all two thumbs up for that. Maybe you're thinking, man, you know, this is my year and I, and you've started serving and maybe you've gone, you've gotten crazy with it and you started giving financially. I mean, wow. And then maybe you're thinking, this is my year. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to learn what it means to pray, or I'm going to read the Bible. And I'm going to learn how to do all of that. Maybe, maybe those things are moving in the right direction for you. I hope they are. Or Maybe, unfortunately for maybe too many of you or too many of us, it's not. I mean, it started well, right? Good intentions and everything. In 2023, here we go. This is my year. And, and just, yeah, something, something happened a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Or maybe a couple of days ago. And that's, and that's why you're here trying to make sense of all of it. Something happens, and maybe you find yourself falling into the pattern that all of us as human beings, myself included, find ourselves falling into. And it's the pattern of, yeah, I, I'm really going to get serious about what I know is so important, and that is my relationship with God, my faith journey. And then something happens that kind of brings a halt to your spiritual progress. A roadblock, I guess you could say. And, and, and the wheels start wobbling and you just progress stops and your passion just dwindles. And, and you're at the point where you're just like, I, I don't even know if I want to do this. And something happens to trigger fear or worry or some doubts in your mind. Then you get discouraged because you're afraid and you didn't expect that. I mean, I, 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 why, am I, why am I dealing with this debilitating fear? Or why am I so worried? I can't go to sleep at night. I can't get anything done. I just, I'm just so worried about this thing. Or I just got all these questions. There's so many doubts. I, I didn't think it was going to be this way when I, when I really got serious about my faith journey, but but now I'm dealing with this and you're discouraged and you're disheartened and you're just ready to give up and maybe that's the decision you've made. I don't even want to do this anymore. What's the use? It didn't work. And I'm still afraid, I'm still worried, and I still have doubts. Oh well. See, that's why these things are often referred to as faith killers. Fear, worry, and doubt. Because they're often assumed to be the opposite of our faith. To stop our faith journey. I want to let you know it doesn't have to be that way. These things do not have to be that way. That's why we're doing this series, Keep on Trucking. Because really, this is a series about faith. This is a series about faith. Not the faith, not as in the Christian religion or the Christian you know, journey, but 
faith in terms of our experience, faith in terms of what you and I go through and what we've been called to. Faith. This is a series about faith and how you keep on trucking in the face of fear, in the middle of worries, and with all your doubts, how you keep going. It doesn't have to stop you. And I think this is going to help us. I think it's going to help set us free from some stuff, and you're going to be really encouraged and empowered. And we're going to talk about fear, and we're going to talk about your worries, and we're going to talk about the doubts we have. But first of all, we need to kind of lay a foundation for this whole thing and talk about faith and talk about what faith is. So, so we've got a place to go, okay? Let's do this. Let's define faith this way. Faith is simply trusting, believing. That's what faith is. No need to overcomplicate it. I don't know why we overcomplicate it. I don't know why we feel the need to make it more difficult than it is. It really is that simple. Faith is trusting, believing. And here's what I know about you. You know how to do this. Every single person here knows how to put their faith in something. When you walked in, you sat down in that seat. Nobody checked the seat. Is this thing going to hold me up? I'm just, I don't know the integrity of this thing. I don't know. I don't know. No, you just, you just plopped right down. And to my, to my knowledge, nobody had a surprise. Nobody hit the floor, right? So you know this. You see, you had faith in that chair. You weren't even thinking about it. You've done it so many times, right? So you know what, you know what trusting something and believing something you know what faith is. And so that's not the issue. The issue is um, the object of our faith. What we often put our faith in. That's where it gets wonky. That's where the wheels start wobbling. That's where things get a little confusing. But faith is making a choice to trust and a decision to believe in something or someone. It's just simply... That simple. Doesn't make it easy. Oftentimes the things that are most simple are often the most challenging to do. But when we talk about faith, we're talking about the decision, the choice, that you know how to do. Challenges. What is it that we put our faith in? What is it that we put our trust in? What is it that truly that we're believing in? And when we get honest about that, we'll begin to realize that's where things run into a roadblock. Because the problem that all of us face is our tendency to put the object or the focal point of our faith in a situation. The focal point of our faith, the object of our faith is often, and we don't even realize we're doing it. It's just so natural with human beings. We don't even realize that we've actually put our faith in a situation. And here's how we know we're doing it. When you hear yourself talk, right, and, and, and pay attention to your thoughts, and here's how it goes. Oh, I have faith, pastor. I have faith. I have faith that, and then you describe a situation. I have faith that, and then you describe a circumstance. I have faith that, and then you describe a certain outcome that you want to happen or not to happen. And here's the sobering reality. When we put our faith in a situation, which we all too often all have a tendency to do, we put our faith at the mercy of circumstances that we can't control. Or people 
to do a certain thing or not do a certain thing. I have faith that he, I have faith that she, we put our faith at the mercy of another human being that's sinful and flawed and limited, and we can't control people. So you can't control circumstances, you can't control people, and yet we continue to put our faith and our trust and our belief that certain situations or circumstances will be what they are. Now here's the deal. As long as things work out the way you want, then you're good, you're golden, right? As long as things go the way you want them to go or hope that they go or even pray that they go, you're in good shape. In fact, when things go the way you hope, want, or pray, we often talk about how, oh, my faith is so much stronger now. My faith is so much stronger because I got the job. My faith is so much stronger now. Why did that out? Because I got the raise. My faith is so much stronger. I got the girl. Yeah, my faith is so much stronger now. But what happens? What happens as with many of us already in 2023? You don't get the job. You don't get the raise. You don't get the girl. You don't get the healing. You don't get the answer you want. The relationship ends anyway. That person that you've been praying for dies anyway. What do you do then? You end up discouraged. Maybe this is where you are. You're asking yourself, what's wrong with me? What's, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? What, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with my faith? Because I didn't think it was going to be like this. I thought... And maybe you start asking yourself, what's wrong with the faith itself? God, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with this thing? Maybe, maybe it's all just a bunch of junk. And so now you're considering walking away from church. Maybe that's what you did. And you're back one last time to see if you can figure out an answer to make sense of it all. Considering walking away from church more significantly and sadly may walk away from Jesus altogether. If that's where you are, or if that's where you've been, or if that sounds familiar, I want to let you know you are not alone, number one. And number two, I think many of us walk away unnecessarily. And we're discouraged unnecessarily. Because here's the deal. Our faith, our trust, our belief must not be in a situation anyway. Not in situations, but in someone. You see, when we put our faith in situations, it's when it goes wrong. We have to stop putting our faith, and we do it without even realizing, we have to pay attention, what is my faith in really? And stop putting our faith in situations, circumstances, to work out a certain way, and start making our focal point of faith someone, regardless of what the situations are. And by that someone, you guessed it, I'm talking about Jesus. And I know that sounds cliche. Doesn't that sound like something just a pastor would say, right? I mean, you put your, put your faith in someone, not in a situation. Okay, I'm a pastor. Surprise, surprise. But it's true. As cliche as it sounds, nothing could be more certain. We must put our faith not in what will happen or what won't happen, but in who holds it all together no matter what happens. We must put our faith not in circumstantial situation, but put our trust in Jesus regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the outcomes. We've got to get to the point so that we're not saying, I have faith that, 
a certain outcome will happen. But I have faith in Jesus no matter what the outcome ends up being. Now this is tough. This is tough stuff, okay? We, we're, we're in the deep end of the pool now, if, if you haven't figured that out, okay? So this, I'm not, not saying this is easy, cheesy stuff. No, this is, this is deep stuff. But this is where we are. And so many times as a pastor, I, I walk with people through the same scenario and I find the same scenario played out in my own life. And here's the deal. We're thinking, yes, I have faith. Yes, I have faith. But really, we're putting our faith in a certain situation to work out a certain way. And if it does, we feel good. And when it doesn't, because it doesn't a lot of times, you figured that out. What do you do? We've got to come back to what the focal point of our faith should be anyway. Now, I don't know about you, but I love it. When I experience something and I realize other people experience the same thing, it's that whole thing about uh, misery loves company. Come on, let's be honest. Isn't Isn't it comforting when something's screwy in your own life and you hear somebody else go, me too, and you're like, I'm not the only one. Yes, that's great. It's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's a shared experience, shared challenges. I mean, it's just a human being thing. And so I love it when that happens. And when as a pastor, I see things spiritually in my life and in other people's lives. And, and I go to the scriptures, which I, I spend a lot of time in the scriptures because I'm a pastor. Not that you have to be a pastor, spend a lot of time in the scriptures, but it just kind of comes to territory. And so for me, and so when, when I see things in the, in the Bible, and the scriptures, then I'm like, I know what that's about. I, hey, I see that. I've had that experience that, and I see themes developed over and over and over again, and not just in one section of the Bible, but the whole Bible, you see this over and over and over again, time and time and time again, you go, this is true to life. I love stuff like that. And that's what this is, this whole thing, about watching people struggle with putting their faith in situations instead of someone, and how they're constantly challenged all throughout the scriptures to put their focal point of faith in someone, regardless of what the situations are. Let me give you just a survey, just a quick snapshot. Quick snapshot over the next few minutes, and we're gonna look at how this, how this develops all throughout the scriptures. Let me take you all the way back to the ancient days of the Old Testament in Israel. Israel, hundreds of years before Jesus was born in the Old Testament, Israel is at the point of being conquered by Babylon and carried off into exile, into captivity. They're removed from their homeland and carried off into Babylon. And at the outset of that, God raises up a man by the name of Jeremiah, the prophet, to communicate certain things to these people as they go into exile, which if, if you're living in Israel back then, this, these are not happy days. These are not good times. This is not what anybody wanted. This is not what anybody hoped for or prayed for. This was the worst case scenario if you're living in those days. And this is what Jeremiah told them. This is how you're going to make it. Jeremiah said, listen, going into this, you need to know the blessed are those who trust, who put their faith. Remember, that's what trust is. Who put their faith and trust in the Lord. In the Lord. In someone. And have made the Lord, someone, the focal point of their hope and confidence. He says, you're going you're gonna to make it through this if and when you make sure that your focal point of faith, your hope, your confidence is in him. And then he describes a scenario that every one of them would, would relate to, and I think we can understand too. He said, these people, 
that put their hope and confidence in the Lord, someone, not situations, this is what they're like. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Here's what's happened to those trees and those people. This analogy, he says, they're not bothered by the heat, worried by long months of drought or exile. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. In other words, the people that make it, the people that are going to survive, much less thrive, the people they are going to get through this are the people that have put their trust, not in situations, because the situation didn't look good. The situation wasn't good but put their hope and trust and faith in the Lord. You don't have time to get into this, but for those of you who are followers of Jesus and, and you're familiar a little bit with the prophet Jeremiah, especially Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, which a lot of you love so much, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not for disaster, but to give you a hope and a future. By the way, he wrote that and told them that on the front end, of the 70 year exile. Not when things were about to get better, but when things were actually getting worse, when situations were crumbling. It kind of taints our view of that verse a little bit. I'm not saying you have to take it down off your wall or peel the bumper sticker off, but you just need to know. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a promise for happy-go-lucky feeling, everything's gonna work out and the situations are gonna be what you want. No, 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 it was a reminder of who has your best interest at heart no matter what happens, so put your trust in him. Put your trust in someone, not in a situation. Okay, that's way back in the Old Testament. But let's, let's keep going. Hundreds of years later, hundreds of years later, Paul the Apostle is writing to a group of Christians in the city of Corinth in the New Testament times, and he said, this is how the Christian life is gonna work. This is how following Jesus is gonna work. We live by faith. This is almost a cliche right now. No, you know this. We live by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We journey by faith, not by sight. By trusting and believing, not by seeing and understanding. What's the difference? Then when you put your faith in situations, that's seeing and trying to understand and figure it out. I want that, that this happens and that not happen in this situation. He said, that's not the way we make it. We don't, that's not the way the Christian life works. The Christian life does not work by seeing and figuring it out and understanding the situations, but by trusting, believing, putting your faith in someone. Oh, he says something very similar to a group of Christians in the city of Galatia. Paul says, I've learned that the life that I live in this body, in the, on planet Earth, in this flesh and bone and blood reality world, said the way I've learned to live is by faith in the Son of God. Not by figuring stuff out, not by things always working out the way I want, but by faith, by belief, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And a little, bit, a little bit later on, again, I'm just giving you a kind of a wide brush stroke of the, how we see this time and time again. The writer of Hebrews says that we are to be learning what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of this thing called faith, trusting and believing, that we're to put our focus on Jesus, not in circumstances, not in situations, but in someone, regardless of what the situations are. Now, you got to be really careful here. Here's where we get tripped up, because a lot of you are actually going, yep, sounds good to me. I do that. I, I'm doing that right now. But wait a second, wait a second. We got to be really careful that our faith is not that Jesus will do something for us or not do something for us, 
but that our faith is in Jesus himself, period. Regardless of what he does or does not do. Do you see the difference? Because when you have your faith and trust and belief that Jesus will make something happen, will do something, then you're back to faith and really in situations. But we have to learn what it means to put our faith and trust in Jesus, period. That he will watch over us and care for us and guide us and that he has our best interests at the center of his heart regardless of what the situations are and regardless what he does or does not do. Because see, we say we have faith in Jesus, but the truth is we often just have faith in what Jesus will do for us, that Jesus will get me that job because I've been praying and that Jesus will heal my body on this side of eternity because I've been asking him to and why, and why not? And that Jesus would give me the girl, the guy, the date, the relationship, or the situation, or you just keep describing over and over and over, you know, that the deal will go through. That I'll get that raise. That, that, that Jesus will do something for you. That the problem will go away. That Jesus will fix that. Often, that's what our faith is in, is that Jesus will do something for us. And when your faith is in that Jesus will do something for you, if you're really honest, and this is kind of harsh, but it's true, then, then that makes us more users of Jesus than followers of Jesus. You see? I just want Jesus, I have faith that Jesus is gonna, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do this. But what if not? What if you don't get the job? Again, we've been on that road, right? And maybe that's where some of you are now. I mean, let me ask you, is your faith in Jesus, period, no matter what happens, or just in what he will do for you? Because here's the truth. Jesus never promised, and you read. You can read all you want. You can read all you want, Old Testament, New Testament. Start anywhere you want and read as long as you want. Jesus never promised a certain set of circumstances on earth. Now, he, he promised a certain set of circumstances in the future when he makes all things new and, and restores his kingdom on earth. But we ain't there yet. Y'all look around, okay? No. On earth right now, Jesus never promised that you would have a certain set of circumstances. But what he did promise, and he did promise this, listen very carefully, he promised his presence that he would be with us no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, and no matter what took place. That was his promise. Now maybe you're thinking at this point, then why pray? Why pray? Why pray that I get the job? Why pray that I get the girl? Why pray that I get the raise? Why pray that I get healed from you know, this disease or that issue? Why pray that things go better? Well, first of all, we're commanded to pray. And praying is very good for us. But we've talked about this before. We don't pray to get God to do what we want him to do. That's not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is to be properly formed more and more into the image of Jesus. And prayer does a work in us as we are trusting God to do the work outside of us. Should we pray? Absolutely, we should pray. Should you pray for healing? Absolutely, because you may experience it. Sometimes God heals our bodies on this side of death. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. And eventually he won't because all of us are going to die. You figured that one out? Eventually, God doesn't answer that prayer for every single person. Right? The, the, the stats on death, pretty impressive. It's one out of one. 
What happens to your faith? Right? Faith. That's why, and and I've said this before, and I'll be very respectful of this, and I don't mean to laugh at other people's expense, but sometimes it's good for us to laugh as human beings at at what we do. And I've had people come to me and say, I'm done with God, I'm done with church, I'm done, I'm done. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that God would not let my granny die. And she died. I don't know why she died. Well, she was 97. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't mean that unkind, right? But I'm like, eventually, we all go. So was anything wrong with faith there? No, 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 no. That had nothing to do. And so, so here's what prayer looks like then with putting your faith in Jesus, not just in what Jesus will do for you or that Jesus will do a certain situation for you. Okay, prayer goes like this. Lord, I'm asking you to heal because I know you can. I know you can. And I'm trusting. I'm trusting you. But Lord, if you choose not, to heal. As disappointing as that will be, and as hard as that will be, I'm going to do my best to put my faith in you, no matter what, because I believe that you have my best interests at heart. God, I want the job. God, I want the job. God, I, Lord, I want, this, I want this to go through. I want this deal to go through. Lord, you know I need this situation. Lord, you know I want. You know me. You know what I really want. You know what I really need. Lord, please. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good for us. And he may, he may, and often he does exactly what we pray and beyond what we pray. But sometimes, and all too often, not. So prayer sounds like this. God, I want it. God, I need it. God, you know. But Lord, ultimately my faith and trust is in you no matter what. Give me the strength to trust you. Give me the grace to trust you no matter what. You see the difference? And see what happens then, as you face all of the things in life, it's that kind of faith that gets you through. Not the circumstantial, situational stuff that may or may not happen. And so eventually people just throw out stuff like this. Well, I guess I just don't have enough faith. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you feel that. Maybe you think, well, I guess I just need more faith. Well, that's a very natural thing to think and feel when the focal point of your faith is on situations because as soon as situations don't work out the way you want, you're going, oh, I know the problem is I just didn't have enough faith. Or maybe that other person that told you, I know what your problem is. You didn't get that job because you didn't have enough faith. Well, that's not helpful and it's not true. Ultimately, what what we realize here, (laughs) I I wanna just help you understand something and we're almost done, but this is huge, is that ultimately, is really not about how much faith you have, but who your faith is in. I mean, it may be the first time in the church context that you've heard anything like that, but it shouldn't be a big surprise to us if we've paid attention to what Jesus has said. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus was talking about faith, and he told his followers, hey, listen, guys, if, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then you will experience mountain-sized things in your life. And a mustard seed is real tiny. Now, I I personally don't grow mustard. Ain't none of my neighbors grow mustard. Probably none of y'all grow mustard. I don't even know anybody from France that grows mustard. That'll be funny to you later this afternoon. The French, oh, okay. 
I, I, I don't know, right, I, I, but here's what I know about mustard. Mustard seeds are very small, very tiny, about the size of a gnat. Okay, a good size gnat, like a Georgia gnat, right? You can see them and sometimes hear them, but they're still tiny. Mustard seed. Jesus said, if your faith is about the size of a mustard seed, it'll have mountain-sized effects in your life. So Jesus wasn't talking about having great amounts of faith at all then, was he? Because everybody in that culture knew, well, that ain't all that much. And now you know, well, that ain't all that much. So I guess the answer is not more faith. The answer is who your faith is in. Because Jesus knows me, Jesus knows you, Jesus knows us. He knows what we struggle with. He knows what we're challenged with. It's not about us having a great amount of faith, but a human-sized faith in a great big God. It makes all the difference in the world, no matter what happens. So here's my question. Who or what's your faith in, really? Situations? Having faith that certain things will happen or not happen? Or is your faith truly in someone, Jesus himself, no matter what happens? No matter what you experience. In the next three weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how trusting Jesus, faith in Jesus, not situations, is how we actually deal with fear, worry, and doubt. That at the end of the day, your fears are your fears. And your worries will be your worries. And your doubts, well, they are what they are. And you're human. So we're going to gather up our fears and our worries and our doubts in the next three weeks. And we're going to learn how trusting Jesus helps us actually grow in our faith. These are not faith killers. They actually can be the very fertile foundation of the greatest amount of trust, the greatest amount of belief, and the greatest amount of faith that you've ever experienced. These things are not faith killers. They're actually faith growers. And we'll see that together in the next three weeks. This week when I was, you know, putting the finishing touches on you know, what I wanted to talk with you about this weekend, I uh, was reminded that all of the great giants of the faith, that we call them great men and women of faith, right? even if you're not a, a very familiar with church in the, in the Bible, you've probably heard names like Abraham and Moses and Sarah, Joseph, Rahab. I mean, great men and women who did amazing things. And we look back on them and call them great men and women of faith. Let me tell you why we call them great men and women of faith. If you'll read their stories, you'll realize it wasn't because they were superhuman. They were very human, just like us. They had fear, they worried, and they had lots of doubts. But what made them great and great men and women of faith was the focal point of their trust. They were just like us. They just decided. And it was hard, but they just decided to put their trust in a great, big God, human-sized faith in a great big God makes all the difference in the world. 
and it'll make all the difference for you too. And here's the good news, one more time. You know how to trust. You know how to believe. You do it all the time. You know how to put your faith in something. My challenge to you is to make sure you're putting your faith in someone, not the situation. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this gut check. Thank you for the honest interactions because I know I need it. I need this challenge. I fall into the pattern of without even knowing sometimes, without even realizing, without even thinking, putting my faith and trust in situations and that you will do certain things a certain way and when they don't happen and if you don't, it, I get really disappointed and very frustrated with things, with life, with people, and even with you. And even though that's very human. And you don't want us to feel shame and embarrassment because of our humanness. You have called us to something greater. You have called us to something bigger. You have called us to something better. And that is to put you as the focal point of our trust and belief. The focal point of our faith. No matter what happens. So that at the end, whether things work out the way we want, yes, that's great, and we'll thank you for it. And if things don't work out the way we want, we will learn to trust you and be grateful that we have your presence with us no matter what happens. So, Father, as we deal with fear, wrestle with our worries, and journey through our doubts, help us to see that these are opportunities for our faith, our trust, our belief in you to go to the next level. In Jesus' name, amen.